east and the west they never meet. So he says, as far as the east is from the west, so has he removed your sins. So your sins cannot be found. Hello? If your sins are no more, why do you, why do you still remember your sins? Anytime you're wrongdoing, your inactions, your wrong actions, your wrong actions, your wrong inactions, your actions that are wrong, everything that is wrong that the enemy brings to your mind, he's trying to remind you and weaken your ability to believe God for new things. Because a heart that has no guilt or condemnation on it or no limitation between that heart and God can easily access anything from God, the greatest from God. Today, may your heart be strong. May your heart be pure. In the name of Jesus. Say, I have a strong heart. I have a clean heart. There is no guilt in me. There is no condemnation in me. In Jesus' name. John 3, 18. John 3, verse 18. Let's look at it. John 3, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. It, that is all it is. Did he say anything else? It your condemnation comes because you don't believe. So that is why yesterday I established the principle that it is in what Jesus did that we put our faith. Thereby, our actions and inactions are rolled away. You cannot find sin in a man who is righteous in Christ. You cannot find it. So when you are condemned by the enemy, it means that he's bringing to you something that is non-existent. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So it is believing that brings condemnation. Not believing. Did you get what I said? It is not believing that brings condemnation. Not believing. So if you have believed Christ and you are holy, you are sanctified and you are righteous in Christ, you cannot be condemned anymore. And now, God is not condemning you. It is the devil condemning you to you. So make sure you don't eat that condemnation food. He brings it to you. Look at what you did last time. Can't you see that it is wrong? We know it is wrong. We did it and so what? If I did, it is between me and my God. It's between me and my brother. You have no stake in it. Are you listening to me? So, If you understand carefully, you'll you notice what I'm saying. If you do wrong to your brother, go to your brother and reconcile. If you do wrong to God, God, yeah, he has forgiven you already because he said, before you became a believer, he shed the blood that is supposed to wash away every sin of this world. So if he's done that, it means that you have no business being worried. But what am I say? You have no business being worried. And that's why I say, anytime you're in a place and somebody speaks to you and the person always gets your heart, but not to encourage you, but to demean you, find ways and means of leaving the person. But if you're already married to the person, I'm sorry. Very, very sorry. You have to go into prayer. Lord, open his eyes to see what he's doing. A lot of people carry condemnation spirit from their parents. They speak bad things on them instead of blessing them. Hallelujah. John 5, 24. John 5, verse 24. In the scriptures, he comes. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word 
and believeth, believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. So, you, there is no condemnation in you. You should not feel guilty. Anytime you feel guilty, you are weaponizing the enemy against your life. And what I'm saying, it's, it seems very calm, very cool. But you find out that where there is peace, people thrive. But where there is chaos, everything goes down. If you like, look at it. So when the enemy wants to come up against a family, and the family unit is so beautiful, sometimes he finds one way or the other to make either the husband bitter or the wife bitter, so that by their words, they can condemn each other. The more they condemn each other, the more the enemy finds a way to enter the family. That's why at this point, parenting is critical. You cannot, if you were raised up in a certain way, and it hurts you. You cannot do it to your children. You should never do it. Praise the Lord. Please, are you getting understanding? Thank you. The next one that we'll talk about is Romans chapter 1, chapter 8, from verse 1 to verse 3. Now, let's go into this one well. Romans chapter 8 from verse 1 uh -huh, to verse 3. said, There is therefore now no condemn condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Pam. This is where this scripture stops. It does not continue. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit was added by the translators. So maybe you don't know, so I have to say it. So he said, there is, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. It finishes there. Mommy, another version. There is no condemnation. There is no, there is no thinking of guilt. There is no iota of guilt. There is no feeling of guilt. Everything is taken out. There is no feeling of guilt. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Finish. Did he say anything about walking in the spirit, no walking in the spirit? No. That's where it ends here. So when you are condemned, Noah. You are, you are, the enemy brings you to the place where he can attack you. By the way, we are talking about faith, isn't it? Now, when you are condemned, it means that you have not accepted what Jesus did for you on the cross. Because if you accept it, you will, you will agree that he took it away. But once you keep getting condemnation for your wrong done, your wrong done, your wrong done, you do you know that sometimes you can actually reconcile an issue and the devil will find ways and means of showing you how you were wrong in that issue. But you have apologized. But you still bring it to you. Why? Because it is a gate for him to enter into your life. It's a gate by which he blocks your faith from accessing God. Let me ask you a question. If you are empowered with certain dynamics of strength, and the devil knows that the only way to bring you not to be able to function in that place is to bring weakness. Do you think you stop bringing weakness? You keep increasing weakness. What, what also, what, when you reverse it, what it also means is that immediately you cut away weakness, what is left? Strength. So condemnation and guilt, feeling of guilt is the strength of the devil. It empowers the devil against your life. 
Never ever feel guilty. You can feel sorry. You can feel bad for doing something to somebody. But quickly go and reconcile because that is what happens. There should be a repair process. Now there was something that happened between uh, two people. And I told the person, forgive the person. The person said, no, I'm not going to give forgive the person. I said, why are you not going to forgive? He said, because I won't give her the luxury of walking about with a clean conscience. And I asked, so what do you want? He said, I want the person to walk about feeling condemned and guilty. And I said, okay. What he means is that you are not ready to forgive. See, yes, I'm not ready. I said, okay, take your life. Then I went to the other person. I said, listen. I prayed for the person. I said, listen, from today. In fact, today, go and get fufu. Make sure the meat is plenty. And eat. When you finish, live your life. I said, nothing has happened to you. Do you hear? He said, yes. The person walked about happier. Then they, I saw the other person keep, the person kept on going down. Then the person would come in. Master, my sickness, this part. Guilt and condemnation. It is the, one of the number one weapons of the enemy that he uses against the believer. I'll come to the place of talking about forgiveness. Anytime you don't forgive, you assume the place of God. Let me divert into it small. Yesterday, I taught you that there were two things that are foundations to the throne of God. Justice and righteousness. And I said, because he's just, he must punish every wrong done. You remember? But he must punish it in a proper way. So he punished you and I, our sins in Christ. Number one. Number two, when the devil sinned, he chose not to forgive him. And it was so just. So anytime you come to the place of saying, I will not forgive somebody, what it means is that you must be sitting on a throne of righteousness and justice yourself in order to say, I'm not going to forgive another. And when you don't forgive the person, what happens is that every sin that was ever forgiven you, they are re-brought up again and they are standing against you. When you forgive somebody, you didn't, you didn't only bless the person. <laughs> you freed yourself. I was sharing with my wife last time that when I was studying, meditating on this thing, the Lord said to me, anytime you don't forgive somebody of an event that took place, he said, spiritually you capture your future and you put it in that instant and you live there forever i said what do you mean he said you cause progress never ever to be seen in your life you will stagnate at that place i said lord you have to go deeper because this one it is blowing my mind then the holy spirit said listen anytime somebody does something against you and you say i'm not going to forgive the person what it means is that you've tied yourself to the event so you have to always be in that cycle of pain that you went through. And when you keep going through that pain, going through that pain, going through that pain, what it means is that you have shown progress from your life. Because to forgive the person and to forget is to move on from that incident and forge ahead into new things. But he said the devil has made people understand that when you, you don't forgive, it means you are powerful, you are strong. No, you are actually putting your life into the place where you never ever progress. Daddy John told me, he said, teach the church this thing. He said, 
There are a lot of them, they are believing God for a lot of things. They will never have it because of these things. Tell them they should forgive whoever hurt them. I'll come there. The forgiveness was a long one, so I've kept it for tomorrow. I'm talking about condemnation now. So to feel condemnation is to say that everything God did was useless. And that is automatically outside of faith. And you cannot say, my sins are still on me, but I'm going to believe God for healing. Forget it. The first thing he does in every believer's life is to forgive their sin so that he can now do the rest he wants to do for them. Healing, prosperity, success, and the rest. Praise the Lord. So there's no condemnation. Once you're in Christ, you shouldn't feel condemned. Now this word condemnation is the word katakrima. Listen carefully. Katakrima. It means a damnatory sentence. If any man be in Christ, there is no damnatory sentence on him. It also means to be judged or to be sown into. You saw the person too. So anytime you, you feel condemned or you feel guilty, I don't know the kind of saw but you are sawing yourself in two. Either this way or this way. I don't know. My father, my father, for air, let it go. Don't feel guilty. I did something, I did something. Let it go. I can tell you, if you go to prison and you go to hospitals, uh, you, you, you hear a lot of confessions. Especially people who do abortion and they come. He, the Lord is punishing you. He's punishing you. I'm going to die. You. The person, it's not time for the person to die. But based on what they are feeling in their hearts and their condemnation in their tongue, they are digging their grave right there. For you know, there's no grave, but they are digging it right there. So you mean to tell us that after the fall of man, don't you think that God knew that man is forever corrupted? So would the Lord now do something that must take care of that corruption that is meant forever and do something about it temporarily? Just as sin was eternal, it's the same with the solution for sin was also eternal. So when you are, when you are saved once, you were not saved to be saved again. You were saved once and once and for all. Never ever to have the guilt and the condemnation of sin in your life. To be condemned is to saw yourself in two by the sentence of death. Katakrima. Greek word. To saw yourself in two. <laughs> the second thing I say is this. To be condemned is to be put on spiritual, is to put on a spiritual garment that says, kill me because I have sentenced myself to death. Did you hear that one? There was a lady. I remember we're dealing with a certain lady. She used to stand by the roadside. We evangelized her. She became born again. Then she came to church. Then the Lord blessed her. Then she got married to a white man. Then the sisters who were the holy ones, who were not into that one, they started talking about her in the church. 
you who is bad, bad girl, who you now you've gotten a white man. And they were jealous. So they spoke ill against her and she started feeling guilty for the sin she used to commit. So thankfully, it was brought to, to me. And I spoke to her. I told her, no, you cannot feel guilty for that. It is in your past. Keep it in the past. Don't break it into your future. When you brought, when you came into Christ, Christ decided to give you a brand new future, a, a brand new life and a good future. So focus on the future he's brought and enjoy it. Whatever they say concerns you, let it go. The Lord knows how to bless you. She said, okay. Then she started living her life. Then eventually I found out that she became closer to God, prayed more, connected even more. But the ones who were already in the church were already always counting their wrongdoing. They were counting it to see, am I right? Did I do wrong here? No. Even your counting is pride. It's wrongdoing. Don't carry the guilt. Don't carry condemnation on your head. It's not good for you. Hallelujah. Next verse. Let's go to the next verse. <clears throat> the law of Moses was unable and because you belong to him, the power of the living spirit, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Next verse. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like our bodies or like the bodies we sinners have, right? And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Now listen carefully. You cannot carry the guilt and the condemnation of your sins anymore. You know why? Jesus carried them in his body. So, so I, I understand. We know that Jesus died for us, right? We agree. Yesterday we saw that. But he could have died a baby. But he didn't die a baby. His blood would have still been perfect. But you couldn't have walked about with a clean conscience because you feel like, oh, Jesus, yeah, he never fornicated because he died a baby. Jesus said he never told a lie because he died a baby. Nyeh, nyeh, that he died. Yeah, he never stole anybody's pen. So, I mean, he didn't go to school. So he died a baby. But we know that he went to learn. He read. Because he stood in the temple and he picked the scroll and he read. So Jesus is not Tibon Koso. He went to school. So just that you also, you also used to steal people's pen in class. Jesus might have also stole. Do you understand what I'm saying? But actually, he did not steal. The reason why I'm saying that is because he had every opportunity to be tempted in every way, yet he was without sin. That is why he was able to condemn sin in his flesh. When the penalty of sin was, was put into his flesh, he stood there and proved to sin that, no, what you want to find in me, you can't find. So everybody who believes in me, takes on that same nature of complete guiltless and no condemnation consciousness. When you have that, you know that everything Jesus is, you are. You cannot fail. I repeat, you cannot fail. 
The enemy knows this. He knows this. Give me King James. Let's look at something. I think King James also brings it out beautifully. King James brings it out beautifully. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, what the law of Moses could not do, because it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh, you and I, for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So sin has been condemned in the flesh of Christ. You cannot find the condemnation of sin in me anymore. So I cannot carry condemnation. That is not the voice of God. Praise the Lord. So listen to something. We are not permitted to have guilt and condemnation because that matter has been settled under the New Testament. When the New Testament believer can never ever walk in condemnation. I say your faith will not work anytime you feel guilty for the wrong that you've done. The doing that you did it, power, But the effect is the feeling bad about it. Pastor, are you saying we shouldn't feel bad? Yes. If I wrong you, what does the Bible say? Mean for me, ni womba on chain. With all the shame, I should come and tell you, please, I did wrong. Forgive me. And anyone who you ask for forgiveness from, according to scripture, that person is mandated to also forgive because I told you what it means. And so look at what happens. The Lord has established the premise for healing process in the church. Whilst I ask for forgiveness, you accept my forgiveness by me telling you that I'm sorry. You are healed of the, of the pain I caused you. And by you saying, I have forgiven you and that you have accepted me saying sorry, I am also healed of the guilt and the condemnation of what I did to you. So you see, it's a two-way traffic. But I'm saying that even after we've done that, the devil still comes to you to tell you. And do you know the other thing? This is another thing that the devil too does. After you two, you have told the person, oh, it's okay, no problem. You go away. Then you'll be watching the person. Whether the person will make another mistake of that same sort. Then you, aha, I said it. That is how you are. That's how you are. So you see, the Bible says that love believes all things. If you are walking in true love, the person will say sorry three million times and you will still accept it. Okay, I agree. You are truly sorry. I'm teaching you faith. <laughs> Listen to something. Legally, no one in Christ should feel guilty for wrong done because it has been paid for. And then the, the next one I'll say is this. Legally, Satan is the God over the old man of sin. So no one in the New Testament should feel guilty because it means you are giving him control over you. The, the one who was not born again, Satan is, has dominance over that person. So when you say that 
you are still under guilt. You are still under pain and all of all those things. What you are doing is that you are giving the enemy the strength over you. You are giving the enemy the strength over you all over again. But we cannot do that. We can't. Maybe I doing that with cross. We can't do that. Praise the Lord. And the next time I'll say, I think I'm about to close. Guilt gives Satan legal standing to come against you because you show that you must be punished for what wrong you have done. <laughs> I mean, it is clear that mistaken there, I've done it. But just quickly go, and of course, I'll come there again. That is why one of the things that stop faith from flowing also is pride. <laughs> you have a question. Please pass the microphone around. Quickly. Go through, go through there. My last sentence. Guilt gives Satan legal standing to come against you because you show that you must be punished for what wrong you have done. Yes, madam. Mm -hmm. Needed someone. Yes. My, my brother, please sit down. Needed someone. Yes. And you've apologized. Mm -hmm. Even before going to the person, you prayed mm -hmm. and you told God that he should touch the person's heart. So mm -hmm. then when you go and apologize, yes. like there will be peace. Yes. Okay, you've apologized. And the person has accepted it. Yes. But the two of you go to a church and the pastor says, if you've offended someone <laughs> and you don't rededicate yourself, like, the sin is still there. <coughs> With the, the person has forgiven you, but if yes. you don't rededicate yourself to God, like, how? <laughs> that, that, that one is, is a doctrine that is around. You heard that, right? So, somebody told you that. So let me show you what, that is what wrong doctrine can do. So look at something. You've gone to the person, you've asked for forgiveness. The person too has agreed. And, and you, were, you were free in your heart. Then you went to church, then you went to hear the sermon. Then the enemy put guilt on you all over again. <laughs> <laughs> So, whereas the pastor is supposed to help you lighten the burden, he said, What time free bear beer if he and all the assassins are there? I've a towel, so man. Oh, wow. You see, you see, you see why teaching is important. And we're talking about doctrine here doctrine, proper doctrine. One of the things about rededicating our lives to God is this. I think that we, we say a lot of things that nyamina is not, it's not biblically sound, but he just allows us to say it because he knows we are human. If you read the Bible, there is no place you'll find rededication in the Bible. Number one. If you read the Bible, because you see, anything that weaponizes the enemy for 
The devil, he doesn't, sometimes he needs one hour of hot guilt, hot condemnation. Then he will enter your life and do something that it will take you three months, four months, maybe one year to recoup and restructure yourself from. And that is why the proper Christian teaching is this. Never give place to the devil. He shouldn't have no grounds at all. So you went to apologize. Everything is sorted. But now the preaching has carried. So how are you going to rededicate? You do altar call. You have to now do altar call. Mm. Mm-hmm. But when she dresses the wound, you are not supposed to use cotton. You use gauze. But she has been using cotton. So the wound is not healing for the lady. So the mm. next time when she came, I dressed the wound. And she said, eh, she's, she has been dressing this patient's wound. So why is it that I dressed the wound? And I told her, oh, I'm sorry, my name and she took the thing personal till another nurse have, have to call me and ask me, ah, Magdalene, they said you, you dressed a wound you are not supposed to dress. And I said, oh, it's not because of anything. So I wow. explained to her that it's because she has been using cotton. But it's like she, she was there, she was doing performance uh, before she went to school and came yeah. back. So she thought, she felt she has been in the system. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. So that was just the thing. And then, was, but you eventually apologize. Yes. And yet you now you go to church, and yeah, the preaching. The the, you go to the same church every day, <laughs> and then the preaching, the preaching now brought a load of guilt and condemnation. Seriously. And so, Pastor, because of that, the way every day rededicate yourself. So me, I don't even go again. I, yes, because when you go at the long run, you went with a clean heart, but when you come home. I said, yes, you, you, you have a whole lot of things running through your mind. So you don't know whether you're on the right track or... Yeah, I get you. Some Charlie. The Church of Jesus Christ, eh? Who? The Church of Jesus Christ. You see, let, let me... Let me it, there's a doctrinal error. There's a doctrinal error. We were not born again, again, and again, and again, and again. And again and again. The blood that was shed was shed once and once for all. Jesus will not visit the cross many times for you. He has to go once. Look at this scripture. He said, sin was condemned in the flesh of Jesus. So that the condemnation of sin will not be in your flesh. Do you know what that means? That's why I said he could have, he could have come as a spirit and taken away sin. He could have come as a baby who has never said mommy, daddy before. And his blood would have still, still been pure and potent enough to take away sin. But that is not all that it accomplished. It was also supposed to take away the condemnation, the feeling of guilt. The feeling of the fact that I did wrong. Even though I've been forgiven, what is the aftermath? What happens after I've been forgiven? So that we don't continue feeling guilty anymore. Hey. So if you go to church and now you carry the burden of your past sins, no wonder the Bible says our works will go through fire, especially the pastors. See, some build with straw, some build with hay, some build with wood, some build with gold. 
some build with precious stones. What are you building with? In, listen, anytime you build with gold, you are talking about the finished work of Christ. And if you look at it from the day we started, I've been talking about the finished work of Christ. Because it is that is the that is what it means to be building with minerals and gold. That is what it means to be building with the finish. The finished work of Christ is it, gold represents something that has gone through fire and come out. Jesus' life on the cross is a symbol of gold that has been refined and now it shines brighter. You get it? So in Christ, we are like gold. We are not like straw. We are not like wood. So you cannot be condemned. Wood is for fire. Straw is for fire. Hay is for fire. Anytime gold goes through fire, it is refined to become nicer than it was. So in Christ, we are made perfect. There is no condemnation, no guilt on our lives. Hallelujah. Please help her. Help her quickly. Praise the Lord. Please, are you getting what is happening? So anytime you feel guilt... You, you carry. So I will tell you that what you must do is this. Okay, you stop going to the church. That one is your decision. Uh, so you stop. <laughs> because you cannot go and then you go and carry bedding and come home. Yeah, I, used to, I used to also feel that way some time ago, some years ago. But the Lord delivered me. It's a deliverance. The day you hear a message that lights up your world. Oh! You feel like, oh, so this one too was real. It is dear. Oh yeah, it is dear. It is there. Praise the Lord. Romans 14, 22. Let's look at it. Listen. Condemnation and guilt means judge me. I am wrong. No, you know that somebody can be in court and the, the judge will announce a sentence on the person. The person says, oh, yeah, I, I know I didn't do anything. I'll stand by the truth. I didn't do anything. So I stand there. They can even put... When you look at that, there is no remorse. There is no feeling of guilt on him. Because maybe by investigation, they didn't go to do due diligence. He would tell them, I didn't do wrong. Of course, there are some who are told, say it this way. But I'm talking about real genuine cases. You can truly see that this man did not do wrong. If, if you like go back after 20 something, 30 years, 180 years, you still tell you, I didn't do it. But when... when after they go through the process uh, and they truly do, they'll tell you, yes, I did it. Some people, it is in prison, they confess true confession. But the truth will always stand. Listen, I said, guilt and condemnation speaks in the realms of the spirit. This is what it says. I am wrong. I deserve death. Kill me. That is why when somebody says sorry to me, I tell them, don't worry. You get it? When I tell them, don't worry, it means that don't think about it again. Throw it away. Has thou faith? He's asking you, do you have faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that, in that thing which he alloweth. Give me another version. Alloweth, cometh, condemneth, selfeth, Faiteth, thyselfeth, godeth, happieth, mamifufufro. Are you getting it? Look at this scripture carefully. I, I saved the best for the last. Look at it carefully. 
Yeah, he amplified. Your personal convictions on such matters, exercise them as in God's presence, keeping them to yourself, striving only to know the truth and obey his will. Blessed, happy, to be envied is he who has no reason to judge himself for what he approves. Who does not convict himself by what he chooses to do? You may believe there is nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. He nailed it. Eh? This one nailed it well. Yeah. Which one are giving us again? Message. As for the faith you do have, have it as your own conviction before God. How blessed is the person who has no reason to condemn himself because of what he approves. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Don't condemn yourself. To condemn yourself is to kill yourself. Your faith will not work. Now, you are believing God for healing and the enemy is telling you. Some like, for example, I always say something about this issue. I say, because God knows that one day he will save drunkards, he released the healing power on the earth so that he can correct liver problems. Has he sunk? Has he entered? Okay. Does that mean that go and do wrong? No. I'm saying that because he knows that some girls be will do some DNC and everything will go bad. No, God gave the room for recreative miracles so that He can put a womb there. It is faith that brings the supernatural ability of God in our lives, it is self condemnation that pushes it away from our lives. So the more you know yourself to be eligible for greatness by faith, you will have it. The more you condemn yourself and say, I don't deserve it, you will never ever have it. If you like, let me take you to seven days dry, prayer and fasting. If I don't work on your self-condemnation, we will just go and waste time. I won't waste time, I promise you. But we all go, you waste your time and we'll come back. And your life will be the way it, it used to be. 100%. Rock, rock, Let me tell you. Raw. There'll be nothing good in your life. If you've done wrong, you've done wrong. Everybody does wrong. So now that you've done wrong, what do you do? Ask for forgiveness. You finish asking for forgiveness. What again? Rededication. For where? How? What?
Let's look at the scripture. First John 3, 19 to 22. First John 3, 19 to 22. As a condemnation means, I have done wrong. Kill me. I deserve punishment. Punish me. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure, shall assure our hearts before him. You are assuring your, your own heart though. For it is our heart, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than your heart, our heart, and knoweth all things. Are you reading with me? Thank you. Beloved, if our heart condemns condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. What is that? Did you really do the things that are pleasing in his sight? No. Once your heart condemns you, you cannot access the very things of God, the things you are believing God for. So the devil will do everything. There was a story I read. I was reading on uh, the effect of condemnation. And the story I read, a pastor told the story of how he lost his son. Because his elder brother was supposed to take him to go and play this baseball. So when they were going, the boy was being stubborn. And he's a teenager, so he was supposed to hold him and then like take care of him. But this seven-year-old was just doing giddy, giddy, giddy. And then uh, he ran into the street and then the car knocked him. He was taken to the hospital, but he couldn't survive. And do you know that the father couldn't forgive the son? Every time he kept on telling, you are the reason why I don't have my son. You are the reason I don't have my son. Forgetting that he too was his son. By the time, and it happened when he was around 14, 15 years. By the time the boy was 21, he had lost him too. To drugs, to the world. This is a pastor's son. So if because you've lost one, must we push the other one too away? Now you do everything to do what? Protect. A mistake, we know, we understand. But we are not going to let you also die. By the time the boy was 22 years, he died of overdose. Cocaine overdose. Drug overdose. So, if, if, you, see, if you know the effect, and what was it? Because the, the boy couldn't, he was there on the scene. The dad was not there. He saw how the boy ran out of his hands into the street. He saw what happened. But the father couldn't forgive the boy. So, the boy was carrying the guilt. And he kept on telling him, you are the reason. You are the reason. You are the reason. And I can tell you, a lot of us, we carry that same guilt. We are the reason. A lot of good things didn't happen to people's life. Please pass the microphone. There's a question. Also, please, with regards to what we are saying, I just remembered... A scenario. Okay. And I want to ask, who who felt condemned for which reason this thing happened? So okay. many years ago, about let's say 30, 40 years ago. Hey, that's a long time. <laughs> yes. There was there was it's a real life story, actually. Okay. There was a demonstration that went on mm. somewhere in central region. Okay. And 
the these were high school children. They demonstrated, and then a car was passing by. Oh, so they they were drumming on the person's car and stuff. So the person got yeah, they stoning the car and stuff. So the person got angry. He went and he turned back, and he came and he ran into them. He reversed into them and killed about two or three people, and hurt quite a number of people. So many years down the line, about 30, 40 years down the line, this person's granddaughter was walking around Spintex with earpiece in her ears and a train ran into the young lady. And yeah, and in the family, so many things kept on happening. Was it that the man was still condemned for what he did or what made the young lady? Okay. So let me show you the effect of guilt and condemnation. You know, I said that when you feel guilty and you feel condemned, you tell the devil that I deserve it, do it to me. In fact, I deserve it. Do what you want to do to me. So, it, it, in the impulse of events, you know, his heart got him to act a certain way. Killing three people, destroying many, fine. Then over the years, 30 years, 40 years later, he could be carrying the guilt. And listen, when you carry guilt, <laughs> it's like a prison of suffering. No matter what you do, you won't come out. Except one thing. Except you come to the place of understanding. You've been forgiven. That is why yesterday I said something. Can I bring you into the law court again? When you, when you come into the law court, as much as your judge is seated and your advocate, the lawyer, is speaking for you, there is a time that you are also called to the booth to talk. Now, when you are called to the booth to talk, they will ask you this common question they ask everybody. Are you guilty or not guilty? What will you say when they ask you that question? So for you know, spiritually, spiritually, he has been saying, I am guilty. I am guilty. Just as I killed other people's children, my children need to also be killed or they deserve to die. So, and he's a head. He's a father. And don't forget, you are sitting here because of your father. I'm sitting here because of my father. You are here because of your father. Everyone is sitting here because of a father figure in their lives. Not that he played the figure, but because he brought them into this world. And these are spiritual laws. What a father says over a child, heaven grim, is authoritative. And so the demons also know, so they will say it. So if subconsciously the man was incubating guilt and condemnation over his life and his family, don't expect right to come out of them. It one day knock on their door. Because a judgment, a verdict has been pronounced in the realms of the spirit. I am guilty. I deserve punishment. Do, do, do you understand the effect of guilt? So if, if you... the more Don't think that you are being pious or feeling guilty. You are actually <laughs> weaponizing the enemy against your life. Ask your question. The, the grandfather 
um, got condemned and brought mm-hmm. over his family. Mm-hmm. Can the family members um, draw themselves away from that condemnation? They can when they come into Christ. They can when they come into Christ. Basically, can I tell you one beautiful secret about Christianity? Whatever you are not condemned about, you are not permitted to suffer for. Is that the truth? Is that the truth of Christianity? It's just the truth of Christianity. Adi biara wajimbu ufawa hono. Obien to me infansusu. Obien to me inkase. No, it is not permitted. The devil, he knows this is all. He knows them. Why, why, why does he want you to feel guilty? Because it's a way by which he will come into your life. That's why I said, if you are in an environment, somebody keeps accusing, accusing. Ah, so me, I don't ever do right. When you do right, they keep quiet on it. But when you do wrong, hey, they begin to sing it like a lullaby. Uh, they will sing it. Uh. So anytime you come into their, their environment, your confidence is always shutting. Your, your ability to express yourself is always like this. You can't have full expression. You're always afraid. Hey, will I make a mistake in my talking? Will I, what should I say? If I say this, won't I hurt this person? If I think this way, am I not going to do something wrong? Then you are always afraid. Listen, let me tell you something. People like that, they themselves, they don't know about the love of God. People who hurt people that way, it's because they themselves, they don't know the love of God. And anytime you feel that guilt, I'm telling you, listen, your life is better that way. But the only way, the only way you can counter those people in that kind of environment is to always speak to yourself. I am the best of God. God made the best of me. I represent what God made. The beauty of God is in me. I am intelligent. Especially when they talk about your inability to reason, your inability to do right, to do this, you don't have to feel condemned. Condemnation is a critical thing. I'm telling you, you don't know people. When we're, we're, we're studying counseling, there was, there was a topic that came up. And it's, you know that people come to sit down. So counseling, some counselors, they take 400 Ghana, 300 Ghana, 200 Ghana, 150 Ghana. For one hour, we are starting to but the top one 600 echo. Now, when you go to a counselor, there's a process called venting, they will sit down and just listen to you for one hour. Hey, okay, is that so? And what again? So, what happened? So, now, so. When, when it happened that time, how did you feel? How did you react? What did you do? The, and that process, sometimes it can take three days. So you can be coming to vent ah, for three days. Especially when they find out that it's accumulated hurt and the pressure of feeling guilt or condemnation. They will listen to this one today. Sometimes four hours of listening. The one in your Christ, the ones that husbands do against wives. Who sit down just listening. So basically, this is what condemnation will do to you. It will, in the realms of the spirit, you carry a placard saying, I am guilty. Kill me. 
Devil, I am guilty. You have right over me. Never, ever, ever feel guilt or condemn yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a question. Okay, please ask. Yes, it is. Okay, yesterday, yeah. You spoke about the fact that um, faith is um, in Jesus Christ. Yes. In the finished work of Christ. Yes. I wanted to ask that. um, I wanted to ask about faith and purpose. Okay, faith and purpose, yeah. Yes. So for for and you you said that if it is not in Christ, Mm. it is no faith. It's no faith. Yes. So for um. For a believer, mm-hmm. if you don't know exactly what you must do, you must do. Yet you are believing God and you have faith for something else. Yes, but you are a believer. Which of the two is going? What's going to happen? And does it mean that if um, it is the purpose for you that is going to stand, regardless of your faith, mm-hmm. does it mean that then you don't need faith after all? as a believer. And that's why I said yesterday, I, mean, I gave an example. I said, if you are traveling in the wrong direction, speed is not an advantage. <laughs> you have to actually pause and find out where you're going because then you will properly move in the right direction. Um, every time we talk about faith and the purpose of God, understand that we are talking about plan. We are talking about timing. So, plan is what God has for you. When you find out the plan, then you slot yourself into it. Then now you begin to ask, what do I do next? There are times where he can show you something. But it is clear that you must believe for it. The reason why you must believe for it is because that is how he wants to work with every man. Number one, when I say that is how he wants to work with every man, it kind of brings it into the personal view of God. But let me push it back into the legalities of God because it is the only way a man can contact God and make sure that he operates in God's realm. Because if Jesus has done something for you and according to the court of law, the judicial system of the spirit realm, he said, assume that place and let it now work for you. Not that you wait for it to work for you before you assume it, but enter your, slot yourself, enter into that place, then it will begin to work for you then that is what true faith is. So until you are in Christ, the purposes and the plans of God will never ever even start at, in the first place. It can be announced to you through prophecy, through dreams, through visions, through all of that. But eventually it is to bring you into the place of ultimate faith and purpose. And when you start working in the faith, when you find out people who have found out their purpose, they, they never get up and say, hey, am I right? Yesterday, Shepherd Moses and his wife came to me and said, I don't know. We don't have everything we have, but we are content. Because in our hearts, we know that we are not in the wrong. And I think it's a remarkable thing for you to know. And that is what happened to us. So, me and my wife, I had to quit working in a secular place. Doing my own job. And then coming to God. Now that I'm sitting here, I understand why the Lord told me to live. But when I was living there, if I tell you I didn't have fear, I am lying. If I tell you I didn't doubt, 
I am lying. But every time you take a step, it must be a step of faith. And that is into the plan of God. Now that you've entered, you say, okay, now I'm going to start showing you what to do, how to do it. So, and that's why I also made mention of the fact that when you enter the plan of God, it is not so much of trying to have faith. You just find out that you are slotted into a place where it looks like everything you need, you just have the heart for it. If it means, if it means endurance, you're able to endure. If it means persevering, you're able to persevere. If it means going quick, you sort of have the energy to do it. So I think that, and that's why I said yesterday, everybody pray and ask God, what do you want me to do upon the earth? When this question is answered, if it's a banker, you must be. You'll be a banker in confidence, knowing that you are in the will of God. Don't be worried. God likes businessmen and bankers. It's not everybody who wants to be a... I hope I've answered you well. Thank you. So are we okay now? Thank you. Thank you. So it is your questions. Somebody has a question? Ah, okay. So to me, they are finished. You saw that I closed the book and put it down, right? Uh-huh. But there was a question that gave us some more time. So God bless you for coming this morning. I've been enjoying talking to you this morning. God bless you. I want us to pray. If you'll be a catcher, say, yeah, you. I'm disappointed. Are you nothing good will come out of you? I want you to pray. Lord, I will not carry the guilt of another man's words. I will not carry the guilt of somebody thinking that I don't match. I don't matter. I can't meet the standard. Lord, help me. Take it out of my heart. Take it out of my heart. Take it out of my heart. Lord, help me. Brood over me this morning. May I not weaponize the enemy. May I not give the enemy the leverage over me. May I not give the enemy the strength to operate in wickedness over my life. Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. Every guilt and condemning act, every guilt and condemning thought, every guilt and condemning words that have been spoken to me, that is working on my mind, imprisoning my understanding and my conscience. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I wish fathers will hear this message. I wish some mothers will hear this. Then you will speak well over your children and encourage them to do right. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Can I bless you that we close? In the name of Jesus, those watching us online, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God willing, tomorrow morning.